You're listening to a podcast edition of Closer to Truth. For more information about this series, visit our website, closertotruth.com. I hope God exists. Why shouldn't I? There'd be meaning in the universe, purpose in human life, life after death, lots of good stuff. Which is why I listen to atheists and follow their arguments. Atheists? Why atheists? I fear that if my hope trumps my reason, I may be entombed in false belief. So, how to explore atheism? Well, atheism is nothing new. They've always been non-believers. But I hear of the new atheism. What's the new atheism? I'm Robert Lawrence Kuhn, and Closer to Truth is my journey to find out. understand atheist arguments. For example, science explains origins naturally without a supernatural God. An all-powerful, all-good God is refuted by monstrous evils. This is traditional atheism, the old atheism, as it were. So what do new atheists do that old atheists do not do? What's new about the new atheism? I asked the publisher of Skeptic Magazine, a public atheist, Michael Shermer. Michael, what's so new about the new atheism? <laughs> the new in the new atheism is really the social political nature of it, that, that it's a... A movement to try to say, look, there's a lot more of us out there than you think. You're not alone. And that it's not okay to say that we're not as moral as you or that we're not good citizens or that we can't lead fulfilling lives. Stop saying that. <laughs> so basically, it's, it's, a, it's a consciousness-raising, civil liberties kind of movement. Standing up for your rights. That's right. Uh, I mean, The last persecuted minority. We are. Uh, I mean, you can be a black gay woman Muslim president <laughs> before an atheist would get elected as a white male. Right. I mean, that's how bad it is. Right. And uh, you hear it in the rhetoric. People think nothing of saying things like, uh, you know, atheists are not as moral. Would you say a Jew is not a moral or a black? No, you would never say moral. things like this, right? So uh, really, that's the main thing is that there's a lot of us out there. How about the, the, the arguments themselves? The, the main part about the arguments in the New Atheism Movement is that they've just become more refined, more bullet-pointed, um, with updated examples. If somebody says this, you are to say that. And, you know, like, just, I'll just give you an example. You yeah. know, so you say, well, I believe in God. Okay, which one? <laughs> uh, you know, so it's like, well, you know, no, I mean the monotheistic God. Yeah, okay, so, well, do you believe in Zeus? No, 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 or Quetzalcoatl? No, no, uh, you know, uh, uh, Apollo? Is that? No, no. So you're an atheist. <laughs> about those gods. You're an atheist about all those gods. Some of us just go one god further. Okay, <laughs> this is, this is, these are like, you hear these yeah. repeated right. mantras. Right. 
And, uh, well, you can't be moral without God. Sure you can. Is there anything you would do as a believer that I couldn't do as a non-believer? Of course not. Is there any evidence that the religious people are more moral than non-religious people? Not a shred of evidence. And we, we and then you come, come back with arguments about people that are religious that are just as sinful and so on. So that's really the main thing. Packaging it into bite-sized counter-arguments to say, if you say we're like this, no, we're not, here's the argument. And you say, I think there's a guy because of this, no, here's the counter-argument. It's a typical culture wars thing. Yeah. Uh, we're just in the middle of it. Right. And so uh, how, how are you progressing? Well, I think we're doing great. I mean, the fastest... Sounds like a political it, movement. It is. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is in a way. Social awareness. Uh, well, the internet, of course, has uh, m made it uh, possible for us to reach out. So there are, there are meetup groups. There's atheists in the pub. There's, you know, these Facebook groups that get together. Uh, when I do book tours and, 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 and lecture tours, all I have to do is tweet or Facebook, hey, Birmingham skeptics, I'm coming next Friday. And yeah. they show up in droves. Yeah. And, it's, and what they're after is not just the new intellectual arguments that they can use. That's part of it. But then let's go out and have a beer afterward. We are a social group. We like hanging out with each other, just like religious people do you know we like to be with our own kind and as you have these uh, groups and the atheists again together can you distinguish the the sociology of it from religious groups well first of all the sociology is very amusing because like all social movements they go through these fragmentations and arguments about who's the real atheist here. <laughs> I mean, are you a real atheist or are you one of those wimpy agnostics, right. you know? And it's like, oh, come on. I mean, it's like, who is the true feminist? Sorry, so where are you classified? I'm a Huxleyan agnostic, that it isn't possible to know if there's a God or not in any uh, ultimate scientific sense. Okay, but setting that aside, what do I actually believe? I believe there's very likely no God. And, and, and where does that put your status in atheistic society? Oh, I, I am below the hardcore, <laughs> you know, militant Hitchens-Dawkins yeah. level. In fact, uh, I remember, I don't know, maybe about five or six years ago, there was a big atheist conference, and the organizer had invited me to speak and give the, one of the keynote addresses. But his board said, oh, I don't know if we should have Shermer speak. I mean, you know, he's not really hardcore atheist. Did, did you look upon that as a criticism or a compliment? I thought it was disturbing. What should you say that would that would bring you up into the top tier? For the for the more extreme atheists, they want uh, the leaders to be more aggressive, more militant, go after the believers. It, it's it's a it's a strategy argument. It's a marketing argument. Uh, one way to cause social change is to make a belief seem not just wrong but stupid, ignorant. I mean, just silly. Like 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 how we, the Ku Klux Klan became a laughing stock, right, right. so that you would—it's not just that it's wrong, but it's it's embarrassing to be associated with them. It's they're they're laughed at. So some atheists think we should treat all believers like we should just make fun of them. Just, I mean, you you got to be a complete moron to believe this. Yeah. What kind of a pinhead are you? I mean, yeah. come on, a visible man in the sky. Right. <laughs> so if you take that rhetoric, then that elevates you into the level of right. you know, hardcore military. And, and, That's just not my style. Prediction for the for the first American atheistic president? What's your, what's your year? Uh, 2100. <laughs> We've got a ways to go. So the new atheism is about new confidence, assertiveness, aggressiveness, a new mission to confront theists. Good for the new atheism. I like confrontation about God. With ultimate truth on the line, I do not applaud fake balance or false harmony. Truth is truth, whether or not it is balanced or harmonious.
or feels good. So what do critics of new atheism say? I go to Oxford to meet a theologian trained in science who defends God against attacks of new atheists, Alistair McGrath. Alistair, in recent years, we've seen an increase in what some have called the new atheism or scientific atheism. What is it that has given rise to sort of an intense position in the world of, of a certain kind of scientific atheism? Well, I think that there are a number of things involved here. One of them clearly is there is a cultural battle going on for, for influence between science and religion. And these are seen as being two very significant forces. But alongside that, there's another development that very often doesn't get the credit it deserves. And that is that back in the 1960s, everyone thought religion was on its way out. Mm. And I think in many ways, the resurgence of religion in most parts of the world actually has taken people by surprise. And there are some people who are angry about it. Why has this come back when it should be dead? And it's not simply a, an inconvenience. We don't like religion, so we need to critique it. It's much more a fear that the theories that predicted that religion would disappear might be wrong. Atheism's always been around, but there's a new kind of atheism, which I think is really characterized by its shrillness, its aggressiveness. In fact, it's not so much critiquing religious arguments, it's critiquing religious people. Okay, let's, uh, let's explore some of those uh, underlying theories that some people may be scared have been undermined. Well, I think one of them is that this great narrative of the Enlightenment, that humanity is moving away from religion and so-called superstition towards an enlightened state, to raise questions about the limits of reason, whether reason can be existentially satisfying. You, know, you can't believe that all the resurgence of religion is good. No, you can't. But I think the very fact that religion is resurging is not what certain theories say ought to be the case. Sure. And so in many ways, there's a sense of cultural anxiety. One of the characteristics of new atheism is its very slick and adept use of the media. And what in effect happens is that arguments get condensed into slogans. God is a delusion, or religion poisons everything. And these make for great headlines, they seem very convincing, and yet the difficulty is that they've become a substitute for argument rather than a supplementation of argument. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's the slogan that drives drives the rhetoric rather than the evidential basis that brings you there. What arguments would you like to engage in? Well, I think there are three arguments I'd really like to engage with. The argument that religion's irrational, I don't think it is. The argument that religion leads to violence, it might, but doesn't have to. And then the argument that somehow science displaces religion. Mm. Again, I don't think that's right either. Those are big issues mm. and they need good treatment. Mm. How about some of the traditional uh, arguments uh, for God? Do, do they figure into the, um, to the discussion? Well, they do. For me, one of the most persuasive lines of argumentation is inductive rather than deductive. In other words, you're saying, suppose for one moment there was a God. Now, wouldn't that help us to make sense of this, this, and this? In other words, God offers you an explanatory framework which actually positions things well. It's not that this proves there is a God, but it says in effect, look, if there were a God, then what we observe is rather what we'd expect. And the counter-argument would be that if there were no God, this would be exactly the kind of universe that you would predict. Right? Many new atheists say precisely that would turn to the problem of evil or various other kinds of pointlessness or wasted space or confusion or chaos. 
Well, that's right. Well, of course, we predict that we spin webs of meaning to deceive ourselves because we can't cope with reality, mm. which, of course, is one angle. But the key point here is we're talking about different theoretical frameworks and asking which one gives the better, the more natural, the more convincing fit. And my take on this is the new atheism really struggles to make sense of this deep human intuition that there is more to life than what we see and that if there were a God, this fits into things rather well. Alistair defies new atheism by its shrillness and by its attacking religious people, not only religious beliefs. Actually, I like new atheism's sharp elbows and flint edges. No condescending pleasantries. No fudging irreconcilable positions. No dodging winner-takes-all. Still, what counts is content. Alistair's content defend of God is that religion is not irrational. Religion does not necessarily lead to violence and religion is not displaced by science. So I meet a new atheist scientist who takes on theology, and he does it with relish. Lawrence Krauss. Lawrence claims that the laws of quantum physics do away with any need for God. We meet at a cosmology workshop in Iceland. As science has progressed in the last century, the questions it's asked become more and more fundamental and, 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 and merge with the questions of theology. But as you get closer and closer to the questions of the origin of the universe, the beginning, do we live in a single universe? How will the universe end? Uh, these questions, in some sense, beg for meaning. And that's what theology is all about yeah. as well. And I think that that fascination has come about specifically because they appear to be so similar, although in fact they're quite different, and I think it's really important to stress that. And as we get to those fundamental questions about where do we come from, where are we going, science appears to be able to address these questions of meaning. And then, for some people, the distinction between science and theology blurs. And I think that's very dangerous for both fields. The nature of theology is searching for meaning and is there a God and how we relate to that God and what happens after we die and all that but stuff. But also one has to add that theology also has a cosmogony. Theology is based on, uh, on origin stories. Almost all theologies are at some level. And, of course, that is where it comes into conflict with science. But at some point, if you, if you ask... Is there meaning? You have to ask, how do we get here or why are we here? And that's, for me, one of the key areas where there's both a tension and a symbiotic relationship. I think all sensible theologians realize this, that theology was designed to answer many scientific questions before there was science, to try and provide a perspective of, of, of our own place in the universe right now. And it came up with stories. And those stories are just that, stories. And they have been supplanted by scientific understanding. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think uh, people, theologians from St. Augustine on have said the Bible should not be taken as a scientific document. And that is what's dangerous when people say, well, those stories that people came up with to make sense of their existence at a time before we had science must be true. But when it comes Certainly to... Certainly expresses the need of the emotion to understand these things. Exactly. And what science hasn't done in some sense is say, you know, we're, we're fulfilling that need. You should, you should get the same kind of, in some sense, spiritual uh, pleasure 
out of, of science. Religion has these little creation myths. Science has the Big Bang. What, you know, which is better? Richard Feynman used to say that understanding how a rainbow worked did not make the rainbow less wonderful. In fact, it made it more wonderful. And the, the amazing facets of what we now understand to be the true origin story really um, dwarf, in my opinion, the, the, the Adam and Eve story. And, and I think what science should be doing to present itself as not a threat, but in fact something that helps raise the human spirit is to say, with our brains, we've, we've recognized this remar these remarkable facets of the universe, and understanding the universe to be so remarkable did not diminish it. Lawrence, I sense, is being polite. He has little use for theology. The laws of physics are indeed powerful in explaining how things that are came to be. But where did the laws of physics come from? Were they always there, inevitable, necessary? The heat of the debate gets hotter. Atheists and theists argue their opposing views of God, often with less than good cheer. I cross back to the other side to examine theistic counterattacks against new atheists. I turn to a theologian trained as a philosopher. I go to Oxford to meet the former Regis Professor of Divinity, Keith Ward. Keith, recently there's been a surge of the so-called new atheism. Why don't you like it? Well, it is called the new atheism, but actually it's pretty old-fashioned. <laughs> uh, and I don't like it because it doesn't take philosophy seriously. The new atheists just assume a certain view of science. So what I don't like is, is that the, they take materialistic views for granted. And then, secondly, I don't like the fact they don't think that questions about God are philosophical questions at all. They think they're just stupid. <laughs> and, <laughs> and some people are mad, and they, so they believe in God. The new atheists reject the philosophical arguments or ridicule them. Those same philosophical arguments for God are largely rejected by even philosophers of religion. So what's the difference? The difference is you've got serious debate about it. Okay. Right? And, and it is possible for me, for example, to be accepted as a serious philosopher, really, on the whole, and still believe in God. Now, there may be some element of surprise in some quarters of that, <laughs> but it's still possible. And if you look at the history of philosophy, it's just a fact that the vast majority of major famous philosophers have believed in God. may not be a very orthodox God, but it's certainly a mental, knowing, intending reality which created the universe. And the argument against that, so that is certainly true through history, but as science has continued to explain questions in uh, physics and in biology, that the percentage of philosophers over time who believe in God has continuously shrunk. Yeah, I think that's probably true. It's a pity, really. Uh, <laughs> my sense, however, is that although philosophers don't believe in God, it's not because they're materialists. Most philosophers of my acquaintance don't have big metaphysical theories, really, at all. Sure. Uh, they're concerned with smaller-scale problems. And the reason they don't believe in God is fairly fundamental. They see no evidence for there being something called God. Mm -hmm. Now, people like me who stand in a more classical philosophical tradition, perhaps, think it's not a question of evidence, that it's about metaphysical perspective, finding the, the most comprehensive and plausible and coherent overall metaphysical explanation for the universe. Mm. Now, that itself is, is out of fashion in philosophy. Philosophers on the whole uh, aren't going for the, what they call the grand narratives, the big stories. And I think that's why God is not so much rejected as ignored. 
and they don't like singing hymns either. <laughs> Keith is incensed that new atheism doesn't take philosophy seriously, and he dismisses new atheism as nothing really new. Perhaps what's distracting is the new in new atheism. I seek, well, a genuine atheist, new or not. A philosopher who is sure that there is no God. I go back to London to meet Anthony Grayling. Why does Anthony believe atheism is misunderstood? Anthony, what is new atheism? Why is it new? And why should I go with it? I don't know that there is anything new about it at all. Um, there is a good deal of misunderstanding about the nature of atheism uh, in that um, most isms tend to be positive theses which are asserting something mm. uh, or denying something or, and, and doing so on the basis of a, of a, of a, a structure of um, a commitments which lead on to other sorts of commitments. Um, but anything which begins with the privative A at the beginning, the, the Greek uh, not, uh, atheism, is meant to denote that you just don't accept a certain position or you, or you don't buy into a certain metaphysical view. Uh, it's very, very like um, being a non-stamp collector. This is a joke that's often made. That to be, a, If you're an atheist, you just don't collect stamps. And nothing else follows from that fact, not about what else you collect or why you don't collect them and so on. You just don't collect stamps. So you're a non-stamp collector if you're an atheist. Um, people take it to imply hostility to religion or... Uh, in fact, what the atheist is really saying is that the onus is on the theist, that if somebody is going to assert something or going to take a particular view about the nature and contents of the universe, they've got to make a case for it. They've got to come forward. It's no good just appealing to, to history and what people believed in the past, because sure. they believed all sorts of things right, in the past, right. the vast majority of which have been subsequently superseded. The atheist is quite likely to be a secularist. Now, there there are some arguments about the relation of religion to the public square. The atheist is quite likely to be a humanist. Now, there are some arguments about the basis of, of uh, ethics and of, of how we should live. And so people tend to confuse the secularist position and the humanist position with the atheist position. But it is quite possible for somebody to be an atheist and an A, everything else is. They might be not interested in ethics, not interested in the secularism debate. It's an entirely negative view. I sometimes say to people, look, let's, uh, let's describe me not as an atheist, but as an A-fairyist or an A-goblinist or an A-demonist. In other words, pick, pick any name like that and let's put an A in front of it and then let's discuss the reasons why I'm that thing. Now, the minute that you do that, you see that atheism, as a term used by theists to describe people who don't agree with them, has already put the debate onto a, a floor of the theists' choosing. Why don't you believe in God with a capital G? What I'm going to say, I don't believe in gods and goddesses. Like you, if you were a theist, uh, let us say a Christian monotheist, uh, like you, most of the gods of Olympus and the Norse gods and, the, and so on, I don't believe in, for the same reasons you don't believe in them. Um, but you happen to believe in one remaining god and I in, in none. Yet there is such power in the religious conviction that I am told when I search it is something that I need to experience in order then to have my eyes opened. It's a totality of seeing things that if you don't have, you can't see it. It's the definition of, of faith. The problem that faces the, the, the person of faith or the person contemplating the nature of faith about how enclosed you become in the belief system and how 
totalizing the explanations that that belief system provides you with, is making the same sort of uh, uh, remark as uh, he or she would about somebody who was a, a follower of, of uh, Mao Zedong thought or, or communism, who really signed up for it, had really accepted all its categories, uh, who saw the world through its lenses, um, and for whom, therefore, it gave a total and satisfying explanation of things. And, of course, a, a set of guidelines. It's solved the problem of how you're going to live. It's given you your values. And that is a, a very satisfying position to be in for a human being in what is a very complex world. This is a psych psychologistic, if you like, explanation of why people sign up for these things and why they rest content with them. I like the new atheism with all its certitudes and shrillness because I do want to believe in God and because I do not want to fall victim to self-delusion. I like the new atheists because they raise the cost of belief ready to ridicule if I reach beyond the physical. Would I mind being called ignorant for believing in God? No, because perhaps if I'd make the leap, I'd really be ignorant. Here are some new atheist claims. Religion is irrational. Not necessarily. Religion is violent, sometimes sure but nothing follows regarding the existence of God. Religion is replaced by science, in some areas, obviously, but not obviously in all areas. About God, hope and reason battle for my brain. Hope is emotional. Reason is rational. Must the rational squeeze out the emotional? Getting closer to truth. To watch complete conversations with over 100 of the world's leading thinkers on cosmos, consciousness, and meaning, visit our website, closertotruth.com.